the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. 800-516-1220. Joining me now from briefing.com, Patrick O'Hare, Chief Market Strategist. How are you, Mr. O'Hare? Hello, Rob. I'm doing well. Thank you. And yourself? I'm good. Um, do down markets make you anxious? Do they bring out any emotions in you? <laughs> um, sure they do, because I'm human. <laughs> and uh, it's hard uh, not to uh, look at things somewhat from an emotional standpoint. Um, you know, you try to, though, uh, divorce those emotions and look at things, you know, more more fundamentally uh, as a as a market analyst. To, uh, to guide your assessment of matters. And, uh, you know, one of the, I think, the big hang-ups right now is that, you know, we have a market that is rather fully valued, um, but we can see sort of this um, uh, tinderbox of emotion simmering here uh, that could really just overshadow any fundamental considerations and potentially, you know, lead to some trapdoor selling if, if things get out of hand. I mean, we're, we're obviously hearing a lot of reports uh, these days about the potential for a bear market unfolding. Um, admittedly, I wrote one on uh, on Friday in my big picture column just pointing out the, the some of the signs people can be looking at right now that would suggest a bear market occurring in the next 12 months would not be a total surprise. Um, and then, of course, just the, the chorus of headlines surrounding China, uh, the uncertainty regarding the Fed, the uh, issues with Glencore and the commodity space, and the uh, the widening spreads in the high yield, you know, uh, junk bond market. So, uh, a lot of bearish sounding noise right now uh, that could be a, a trigger, uh, you know, for some emotionally based selling um, uh, that just sort of like looks right past any type of fundamental issues. With that said, is the backdrop of what you're discussing enough to be a 20% correction, a 30% correction, a 40% correction? Mm-hmm. Uh, are we looking at another 2008 to 2002, or should this just be more tempered? Right. Well, you know, when emotions take over, there's really uh, no telling, you know, how uh, oversold or, you know, you can get. I mean, the... Uh, uh, markets can stay overbought a lot longer than you think. They can stay oversold a lot longer than you think. They can move to these extremes 
more so than you might ever imagine. You just you just really don't know. Um, so uh, what you know we've been advising briefing.com readers essentially is you know is look you know don't be complacent in a market environment like this. Um, you know you uh, need to look at uh, your investment portfolio and ask yourself you know what what do you need out of this right and when do you need it. Uh, and the answers to those questions, I think, will ultimately, you know, uh, lead to, you know, decisions uh, or perhaps no decision because um, everyone's different. Uh, everyone has different needs uh, at different points in time. But the general investment environment out there, from my perspective, um, you know, through year end here anyhow, doesn't look so, so, so swell. Um, you know, we try to keep uh offsetting all of the other issues with this ongoing commentary about how good the US economy is doing relative to other developed economies true but it's not like the US economy is running gangbusters here either um and i'm not so um accepting of the idea that in this interconnected world of ours uh that slowdowns abroad that include china uh, Japan having been in contraction in the second quarter, Brazil in a deep recession, Canada in recession, uh, Russia in recession. You know, I'm not so convinced necessarily that uh, the U.S. can just um, skirt, you know, through those issues uh, unscathed here. And, um, you know, it's it's looking to me as if we're going to kind of certainly be sort of stuck in this, you know, low-growth environment, which might be good relative to other economies, but still isn't great overall, and I think is one of the reasons why we're not seeing any, uh, you know, multiple expansion here, because investors are unwilling uh, to pay up for, you know, every dollar of earnings like they used to be, and uh, and they know, or at least hearing anyway, the Central Bank of the United States saying that, um, you know, they really want to raise interest rates. So what are we looking for at this point in time? Is there – obviously, the Fed interest rates by the end of the year is going to be something. The U.S. jobs numbers, should they start going the wrong way? What do we – what's the next step in your, your analysis? All right. Well, you're in, you're in the ballpark, Rob. I think we're, we're looking at the data. Uh, you have to be because um, the data has been a, a catalyst for this uh, down leg since, since August. I mean, it has not – um, unfolded in the hopeful manner a lot of people thought it would. Um, and right now you need to see uh, recurring signs of nothing worse than stabilization and ideally, um, you know, signs of improvement that are going to uh, essentially, you know, rid the market of its concerns about the uh, contagion effect of a slowdown in foreign markets impacting the U.S. Um, the employment report on Friday, uh, certainly as good of a place as any to start uh, as it relates to the U.S. outlook. Um, but based on, you know, briefing.com consensus estimates uh, for that report, it's going to produce, it's likely to produce more of the same, you know, which is a decent payroll growth, but no real growth in wages. Um, and uh, and so you're just kind of, you know, trudging along. It's, uh, not bad, but it's not as good as, you know, as we need it to be to really get uh, to buy into the idea that the U.S. economy is going to accelerate to such a degree that it's going to pull the rest of the world up with it, as opposed to being kind of stuck in this somewhat neutral gear here and being at risk of being pulled down with the uh, troubles abroad. 
as a strategist, what are you recommending people do if they've done nothing and they're overweight stocks, U.S. particularly? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I think that uh, if they're, you know, they're overweight at, that, at this point, and given that we see a market that is, uh, you know, fully valued uh, pretty much uh, before interest rates have even gone up, um, you know, we'd advise that they look at some of their big winners, um, you know, with sitting on, you know, if they're sitting on some real outsized gains um, and start, you know, trimming some of those positions. And with a longer-term orientation, perhaps look at, you know, reallocating into some of those uh, really beaten-down areas um, that uh, will be rewarding for patient-minded investors. Uh, but we think that, you know, now is a a reasonable time to be a little bit more cautious uh in the uh in the stock market outlook um and uh you know not to uh feel like you're missing the boat if you will on every you know uh knee-jerk rally that we're seeing because you know we think that there's been an important uh mind shift that's occurred uh here since what since the sell-off in late August, you know, principally that this whole notion that you just buy on every dip and don't worry about anything uh, has uh, been supplanted by the view that, you know, you really should sell into strength, right? And so we're seeing the market here have some of these great moves up, uh, but they are unsustainable these days because uh, the psychology of the market has shifted and the recognition is starting to seep in that, uh, it's going to be difficult for there to be multiple expansion with uh, if the Fed is is holding true to its uh, uh, supposed word that it really wants to raise interest rates here before the end of the year. And granted, it might just be an incremental rate increase, um, but again, I'm not buying the notion that they're <laughs> they're necessarily just one and done. They're, they're telling us that they're going to be gradual, but um, but you can't take that as gospel because. You know, if the economy really unfolds like they hope it will, um, you know, then I think that, um, you know, they might have to come off that um, that gradual view, if you will, and that the market might ultimately get concerned that the Fed is then behind the curve and that can create a whole lot of volatility down the road. But um, so, you know, the, 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 the near-term picture here is, is looking pretty cloudy at the moment, so we're not urging any sense of uh, aggressive, uh, you know, allocation, if you will. We've got about a minute and a half. Anything that you want to bring up as far as thoughts or ideas that we should yeah, just have going through our head other than market seems volatile on the downside? Yeah, well, you know, we're about ready to come into the uh, third quarter earnings reporting period. Um, plenty of reports are out there talking about how it's, it's you're not likely to see earnings growth in the third quarter. The current consensus estimate, according to S&P Capital IQ, is for a decline of uh, about 4.6%. Um, but I think that we're going to, you know, need to pay careful attention to uh, to this particular period and, and what companies are saying about their, their top line. Uh, and we could see some spillover effect. If that's not unfolding in a favorable manner, you know, watch the high-yield spreads again because uh, those concerns about growth are going to, to, to escalate and they'll probably be reflected in a um, higher um, spread in the high-yield area. We've got less than a minute, so this has to be quick. Carl Icahn sees danger ahead. What are your thoughts on activist investors and people with high profiles talking markets? Right. Well, you know, he says he's more hedged than ever, um, so you could make the point that he's kind of talking his book. Um, um, 
But I think he's right to raise some of these reservations about what we've seen here with financial engineering, uh, with corporate buybacks, uh, called attention to those high-yield spreads and things things of the nature. And I think he's just being understandably prudent right now, and I don't think it's necessarily out of line. You're the best. It's Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com giving us market perspective. Check out Briefing.com. I do each and every day. I start with his page one article. He gives me some perspective on what to expect coming to work. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. We'll be right back. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.